Welcome everyone for our returning series of Explaining the Faith. I'm Father Chris Aylar. It's a joy to be back. Last week was our first episode in a couple weeks and we're going to keep on going. And so we're glad you joined us today. And I know I had been announcing uh, that I'd be doing the sacraments today. You guys are so flexible and awesome. I appreciate your uh, patience, but you know, I was busy. Now, there's some good news in this. I was busy. We, we were working 18-hour days this week to film and prepare for an EWTN uh, series that I'm going to be doing that will be broadcast in five-part episodes um, the week before Divine Mercy, and it's going to be all about Divine Mercy. And so we're very excited, and I was working on that. So when I finished... And I sat down to do the sacraments just yesterday. I said, oh man, there's so much in the sacraments. I really hope you join us because I'm going to do a whole series on the sacraments. It's that powerful. And there were things I was learning going back to my own notes from seminary. You guys are with me. You're my seminary students, my catechism students. And I used to have whole courses on each of the sacraments. And so we're going to lead you that way. But for today, as Brother Mark showed you, we're going to do a talk because it just popped into my heart late or yesterday, and it's going to do how to receive the graces during a pandemic. Now, this applies to everybody. If you say, well, Father, my church is open again. This doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does. I promise you. Just listen through this. You're going to find so much, I think, because even again, as I was praying on this and working on it, things were just coming out of nowhere in terms of what we can do for grace. And so for this talk, we're going to be doing um, what we do for ourselves and others, that even if your church is open or closed. And you know what? Um, the reason that I postponed the sacraments was because the sacraments are a huge part of this. Now, Father, if my church isn't open, if my church is closed, uh, how do I get the grace? I don't have the sacraments. And I figured, you know what? That's what we're going to talk about more today. So let us begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask that you send the Holy Spirit down upon us. Please heal, comfort, and console those who are sick the family of those who are ill, especially those suffering with the coronavirus, and for all of us who are affected by the pandemic, may your grace give us the courage to persevere. Mother Mary, help us on this journey. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as you know, <clears throat> This one will be talking about what we can do during a pandemic. There's so much you can do. I promise you, there are things here that you're not doing because I'm not doing some of these things and they're all powerful. All right, now, there is a lot of confusion going on right now. Father, church is open. Are they closed? Are they this? Are they that? In fact, there's even justifiable anger. One of my friends, Bishop Cordleone, out in San Francisco, you know, he's one of the ones that is standing up to the civil authority saying we deserve to have the churches open. We're not going to force anybody to go if they are at risk, but we want the churches open for those who want to go. Um, I've pointed out the example of the Minnesota bishops who basically said, wait a minute, there's something wrong here when you are allowing liquor stores, tobacco stores to be open and there was a, a point of an electronics store where they had 100 people in an electronics store, and they were all touching the same equipment, putting it on shelves. 
Yet the bishops of there said, we can't have 11 people at a mass. 10 was our limit at the time. I don't know what it is now, but this is justifiable in terms of at least questioning it. Now that's a whole nother topic for another day. Let us just say this, let's keep praying for our churches to open. Until then, I'm gonna give you some helpful advice on what to do. Even again, if your church is already open, you're gonna learn, I think, some things here that might be helpful. All right, now, even with the churches closed or the fact that you can't leave home, there's a ton of grace. Do not waste this grace. Sacraments, as we have said, are the best way. But many of you are not able to have the physical sacraments right now. Many of you are not able to go to confession or communion because either you're homebound or maybe a church is closed, or even if not, it's very limited right now. So what do we mean when I say you can still receive the grace of confession and communion if the sacraments aren't available, the answer is through temporarily, and I underscore temporarily, act of contrition and act of spiritual communion. Now, let's have Brother Mark put up our first two slides. The first slide, this is what the Catechism of the Catholic Church says. Now, regarding, can you receive grace? Okay, quote, among the penitents acts Contrition occupies first place. What does this mean? What this means is the most important thing regarding confession is your contrition. And your contrition isn't necessarily dependent upon if the church is open or not. You, it's in your heart. So this catechism is saying that's the first step. Let me continue to read. Among the penitents, acts, contrition occupies first place. Contrition is, quote, sorrow of the soul and detestation, the hatred for the sin committed, together with the resolution not to sin again. That's very important. Now, when it arises, this contrition, from a love by which God is loved above all else, contrition is called Perfect. Now, before Mark go, Brother Mark goes to the next slide, let me explain this. Basically, what that slide just said is everything that we bring to God, the number one thing for forgiveness is contrition. And again, that comes from the heart. Your heart can come from your body right there at home. All right, now, let's go to the next slide. If Brother Mark can put up such contrition listen to this, Remit, remits venial sins, it also obtains the forgiveness of mortal sins. Now, what are we talking about here? Not even yet having the sacrament of confession, just the contrition in your heart. If it's perfect, it forgives venial and mortal sins, it says. You mean, Father, even if I can't get to confessional because it's closed, I can be forgiven? This is what it's saying. Let's continue. It also obtains forgiveness of mortal sins if, that's the important word here, if it includes the firm resolution to have recourse to sacramental confession, this means going to the confessional, as soon as possible. 
Okay, so what does this mean? This means if you have access to a priest and the church is open, yes, you gotta go to the confessional. The sacrament requires us to do that. However, what this catechism is saying is if for whatever reason you can't get there, the church is closed or you're homebound or you're sick and God knows if this is the case, you can receive forgiveness of venial sins and even mortal sins if you are truly contrite and you have the intent to go back to confession. This is powerful. It's the same with Holy Communion. If you make a spiritual act of communion, which we do at the end of every Mass here, and you truly desire God to be united with him and God to be come into your heart and Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity to enter into you just like you have in the sacrament, the church also teaches that you can make a spiritual communion asking God to give you that grace as if you really received him sacramentally. Now, does this replace the sacrament? No. Is it as good as the sacrament? No. You have to go to the sacraments. What this is telling us is if you can't absolutely go, then this can help us tentatively. That's the key. All right. So, the next slide is an example of a spiritual communion. So what Mark is showing, this is what we read at every Mass. <clears throat> My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the blessed sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire you in my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, which means in actual Holy Communion, come at least spiritually into my heart as though you were already there. I embrace you and unite myself to you. Permit not that I should ever be separated from you. All right. So basically, again, we can't replace the sacraments. These, though, however, are, are able to hold us over with real grace until we get to the sacraments. So the grace is there. God is like, do you think God's going to abandon us? I get letters all the time. Father, the church is closed. I am not able to go. Is, is, is God going to send me to hell if I die and I've committed a sin because I can't get to confession? This is what God does through his church. He gives us a way to receive the grace. Now, I'm going to show you a quick three and a half minute video. This is one of the first videos I ever did once the pandemic began. You may have seen it. It's got kind of lost out there on the web. You've probably not seen it, but I'm going to show you a funny video in my expressions and everything that I did one of the very first videos of all of the ones I did out on um, when the pandemic began, but it answers this exact question. The question was no confession, no communion, does that mean no grace? Let's see the answer to that question as Brother Mark plays this quick video. You know, today I'm just going to speak to you for about a brief moment from my heart, but with a little help from Cardinal Ratzinger. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy. And you know, one of the most common questions I've been getting during this time of the coronavirus is, Father, I can't get to confession and I can't receive Holy Communion. Am I still able to receive grace? And the answer is, if you desire it, yes! Why? Because God's mercy is that great. You know, we hear St. Faustina talk all the time about the unfathomable mercy of God. So stop trying to fathom it. 
His mercy is infinite, and he never wants to stand in the way of you receiving that grace. So what do you do? Okay, if you can't get to confession, make an act of contrition. What is an act of contrition? Simply telling God from your heart that you are sorry for your sins and you'll try to do better. Remember a great saint once said, saints are simply sinners who keep on trying. And the catechism tells us that the first and greatest act of a penitent is contrition. Just having a detest for your sins and a resolution to sin no more. When you do that, God will forgive those sins, the catechism says, even mortal sins, as long as you have the intention to return to the sacraments as soon as possible. Then if you can't receive Holy Communion, what do you do? You make a spiritual communion. And what is that? That is simply just telling our Lord, Lord, I cannot receive you right now, sacramentally, fully, body, blood, soul, and divinity in Holy Communion, but I desire it from my heart. So please give me the grace as if I did receive you sacramentally, and you will receive that grace as long as, again, you desire it in the heart and you have the intention to go back to the sacraments as soon as possible. So, Father, can I even use this for a plenary indulgence? Does it meet the conditions of confession and communion? Yes, it does. For instance, if you do a plenary indulgence, like right now the church says if you pray the chaplet of divine mercy for those affected by the virus, even if you don't know them, you can receive a plenary indulgence. Two of those conditions are confession and communion. So yes, the act of contrition and the spiritual communion can help meet those conditions. Again, the church says, as long as you have the intention of going back to the sacraments as soon as possible. So in the meantime, are you longing for the sacraments? Of course. But listen to a little insight given to us from Cardinal Ratzinger. Sometimes we need to experience hunger spiritual and corporal, to appreciate once again the Lord's gifts and to understand the suffering of our brothers and sisters who are hungry. Bodily and spiritual fasting is a vehicle of love. So once again, we see God bringing a greater good out of even this worst of tragedies. So again, yes, sometimes we need to experience hunger, corporal and spiritual to help us grow in our spiritual lives. Okay. Thank you, and God bless you. All right, so I uh, hope you enjoyed that video. But you know, <clears throat> it does explain the main point of what we want to say here. So now, while public masses are canceled in a lot of places, again, we can still receive many graces. Even if your church is open, you might be sick, as I said, and might not get there, but again, there are many graces. One of the best is the live streams that we are doing right here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy. We're gonna talk about that more. But the live stream masses, televised masses and devotions, these are all powerful ways to get the grace. You know, if we look at our next slide, St. Clair of Assisi, a great saint of the Eucharist, as you can see right there, she was actually the patron saint of television. Now, wait a minute, Father. Didn't she live like in the Middle Ages or way back then? Yes. But why is she the patron saint of television? Because 
Our pious tradition tells us that one time she was too ill to go to Mass. And so um, on her, uh, her desire, though, our Lord answered. And on her wall, Jesus gave her a vision of the Mass. And this is why she became the patron of tele-vision. Tele meaning long distance and vision. So it's far seeing. That's what television means. Television, far seeing, meaning I can see something happening in Rome. It's amazing. And so anyway, at every mass, <clears throat> the whole communion of saints, the body of Christ is mystically present. So if you dial in by one of our live streams, you are part of that. Now, Cardinal Ratzinger teaches in his book, Spirit of the Liturgy, which you know I've referenced a lot, that the time, uh, that the point to make is that time and eternity become one. So he said, as a baptized member of the body of Christ, you can actually participate spiritually in the celebration of mass anywhere around the world, even if you can't be there physically. This is coming from Pope Benedict. So, but it's important again, as my video said, to intend to return to the sacraments as soon as possible, because again, nothing replaces the actual sacraments. Please don't write me a letter saying, Father, it's not right that you tell everybody that they don't need to go to the sacraments. Remember, all of this is under the indication or the understanding that you physically can't get there. If you physically can receive the sacraments, we are supposed to. That's the real guaranteed grace. These are holdovers, temporary other ways when you can't get there. All right. Now, this whole question, this whole um, thing, if you will, about, um, you know, designing, um, you know, Father, there's no sacraments, there's no mass. Look at our next slide. This is actually a church in Europe. Isn't that sad? I mean, just to see those church doors like that, I mean, that doesn't tug at your heart. I mean, this really was a heart tugger, but don't lose hope. All right, I want to tell you a couple of quick examples of why not to lose hope. Do you know that foreign missionaries were kicked out of Japan in the 16th century? All right, but Catholics there survived for 250 years without access to any priests. This is amazing. Only was baptism because the laity is allowed to do that and marriage in the case of the emergency of no pastor, which was celebrated by the laity, but all the other sacraments could not be celebrated in the absence of any priests. They didn't have them for 250 years, yet they kept their faith. And Catholics survived so well under those conditions, they had a thriving underground community. We're seeing that around places in the world today. Was there, what was going on? What happened though when the missionaries returned in the 19th century? They basically thought that Christianity had died in Japan, yet they found a thriving underground community. This is awesome. Let's take a look at our next slide. This is the Korean martyrs. Now, in the 19th century, Korean missionaries, same kind of thing. They returned to Korea and they found 4,000 Catholics that were living in Korea. And guess what? Only one of the 4,000 had ever been to mass. 
This means that these people held on to their faith despite all of the trials and the tribulations. So there's many examples. We know about stories from the Nazi concentration camps and the Russian Siberian work communist camps about priests being imprisoned, yet they would smuggle in little pieces of bread and wine and they would say the mass. So this is powerful to say, let's not lose hope. God's got this. God is in control. Now, life as a Catholic without access to the sacraments is obviously not ideal. We know that. And the sacraments are the ordinary means by which God gives us his grace. You've heard me say this before. I'm going to say it again, and we're going to do more talks about it. What makes us so different from every other religion in the world is the sacraments. They are, remember your definition. What is a sacrament? It's an efficacious sign, meaning efficacious, it does something, of God's grace, all right? It's real, instituted by Christ and entrusted to the church by which divine life is instilled in us. <clears throat> and this is what it does. It's not a symbol, it's guaranteed grace. And so it does something. But the church does allow in times of precautionary for health reasons and pandemics to have to still count on the mercy of God to give us this grace when we can't get to the sacraments. Now I received some letters that were complaining about some of the bishops and I wanted to just touch on this because during epidemics, priests and bishops are allowed to make changes like wearing gloves, like um, one person wrote in about confirmation, the priest had a cotton ball to administer the oil. And they said, Father, that's not valid. Actually it is. Because in the early centuries, this goes back thousands of years in the church during epidemics, uh, epidemics, priests used actually a small spatula to apply sacred oil during anointing of the sick rather than touching the victims. So there are some pre, uh, bishops now who use cotton balls. Again, it's allowed, not preferred, not the ultimate best way, but in the, under the circumstances. Now, distancing priests from the faithful to prevent the spread of the disease, yeah, it might be drastic, and it's not the best. We know this. But it is one that the bishops have the right to do in hopes of preserving life. So please try to understand that, okay? Now, if lay Catholics, my whole point is this, if lay Catholics, you guys, have proven yourselves under extraordinary conditions like we're in now, and thriving when you're deprived of the sacraments, and this has been seen in the past history, they did it for hundreds of years, then we're setting a good example. The ones who did it for hundreds of years, if they managed it, I think we can manage a few more months. Hopefully, this will come to an end and we'll still keep our faith. All right, now, let's look at some ideas now for how to live out your faith in this time of social distancing. All right, I'm gonna give you nine quick examples. I'm gonna uh, bother not showing slides right now because I think uh, I just want to get through these because I think you get the point, but they might be little sparks for your memory. All right. First, we talked about watch the mass on your computer or your television. Why? Remote attendance does not fulfill your Sunday obligation. People are confused by this. Father, if I watch mass, do I fulfill my Sunday obligation? No, it doesn't. 
but many are still okay because the bishops in many dioceses have waived the Sunday obligation. Again, not permanently, temporarily. So then you can watch the live stream, make the spiritual communion, and still spiritually benefit as best you can from real grace. But again, it doesn't fulfill the Sunday obligation. What it can provide is spiritual comfort, opportunities to make a spiritual communion we just talked about, and to get an education through the priests and the homilies. It's way better than doing nothing. So God bless all of you for joining us. All right, next, learn the liturgy of the hours. And I'm gonna, this one I do have a slide for. I'm gonna have Mark show a slide because you've seen it. It comes in four volumes. There is a one volume edition. But the divine office is a daily prayer of the church. And it's actually part of the liturgy. That's why they sometimes call the divine office the liturgy of the hours. It, it's an extension of the mass. And so we're praying, when you pray the office from home, you are in spiritual communion with many around the world. We religious pray it every day. It's obligatory for us. If you're not praying it, it might be something you pray to pray. You know, you might want to, um, you know, ask God or discern, maybe you learn this prayer. All right, the next one is easy. Read scripture. This gives us a daily chance to be fed with liturgy of the word, which you get at mass. Now, places like Give Us This Day and Magnificat, they're actually offering missalettes with daily readings online digitally for free during this crisis. So there's a lot of resources. Now, Remember, the scripture is important because it's like the first part of the mass, the liturgy of the word. And, um, you know, this is very, very important. And, um, you know, a spiritual communion where you're asking God to come in your heart is like liturgy of the Eucharist. And so you need to do these things. Okay, now, next, keep tabs on the state of your soul. It's very easy to fall, even though people think, well, I'm home, I'm not sinning, you can still fall into sloth, uh, looking at things on the internet we shouldn't be looking at, um, anger, being around our family so much more. This we have to do, do a daily examination of conscience. If you didn't see my homily a few weeks ago, I, I walked through, I remember it was a Monday, I forget the date, but I walked through how to do an examination of conscience. It's powerful tool. So when confession in the confessional is not available, the sacrament of confession is not available, the faithful can make an act of contrition. As we talked about in the video, ask God to forgive your sins, but you gotta do a, an examination of conscience so you walk through what those sins are with the intention, again, of going to confession when it's available. Now, the catechism states that sacramental confession is necessary for us Catholics. We got to go. Quote, though, Catechism 1484, quote, however, unless physical or moral impossibility excuses from this kind of confession. Again, what I'm teaching you today doesn't replace the sacraments, it's if you don't have access to the sacraments. It's not, if you, it's not as if you have access to the sacraments, you can say, well, Father Chris said I don't have to go to the confession now, even though it's open down your street and you know, has setups for social distancing. No, 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 no. 
Also, too, please, I've gotten a lot of letters on, Father, can you hear my confession over the phone? Uh, can we Skype? Now, I, I get it. It seems like if it was Skype that it could or should maybe be allowed. But no, the church can't risk this. This is how important the seal is. Because somebody could hijack that signal. Somebody could see it. Somebody could hear you if you're in your house and you don't think anybody's in there. The church teach it, treats the seal, the priest treats the seal with his life. And so no, online Confessions over the phone or on Skype are not allowed. All right, next. Pray the rosary and the chaplet. These are actually forms of the mass. What do you mean, Father? In one of my talks, I explained this. If you can't make mass, the next best thing is to pray the rosary and the chaplet. Why? Because the rosary is like the liturgy of the word, the first part of the mass, remember? I said it's like a meditation on scripture. When you pray the rosary... You're meditating on the mysteries. They're all scriptural. You know, uh, Mary and the visitation or the annunciation or Jesus carrying his cross. When we meditate on those mysteries of the rosary, we're meditating on scripture. That's the first part of the mass, liturgy of the word. So if you can't make mass, do a rosary. It's like the first part of the mass, liturgy of the, of the word. Now, you can also, like the second part of the mass, you can actually do like the liturgy of the Eucharist by praying the chaplet. How? If you pray the chaplet, it's like liturgy of the word because you're offering sacrifice. That's what the priest does. And a lot of times people be like, well, Father, I'm not a priest. Yeah, by your baptism, you share in the three offices of Christ, priest, prophet, and king. By virtue of your baptism. This is amazing. I am a ministerial priest. With the collar, I can do the sacraments. Now, you, by virtue of your baptism, are shearers in the common priesthood. And that means you are obligated to make sacrifice. Well, how many sacrifices of lambs or bullocks have you made recently? <laughs> okay, no. Christ has replaced those animal sacrifices. Well, then, Father, what do I sacrifice? You offer up the chaplet. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and the sins of the whole world. When you do that, you are doing like the liturgy of the Eucharist. You're offering sacrifice. So this is powerful. Pray the rosary, pray the chapel. You know, if you don't already have a family prayer time, now's a great time to start. All right, let's keep going. A Bible study or some kind of spiritual book reading group. You can even do those online now. Very powerful. Connecting with fellow Catholics through technology. You're doing it now. When I see the conversations going on in our live stream, now, of course, you want to pay attention to the mass. That's first and foremost. But like, for instance, my talk right now, you guys are communicating with each other. God bless you. You're utilizing the technology God gave us for the right reasons. You're sharing your faith. All right, here's a big one. The next one, wear sacramentals, such as the crucifix, <clears throat> brown scapular, Medals, like the miraculous medal. These are all occasions of grace. You can do that at home. Wow. What about displaying holy cards? 
of your favorite saints. You know, your children always want you to read stories or your grandchildren. Don't read some story about some crazy magician and Harry Potter and all that kind of stuff. Read your grandchildren or children a story about the saints. And this is powerful. Now, another thing that you can do is to gather up. Let's look at our next slide. This is one, this is a lady online that actually shows she has no qualms. She shows her home altar. She's online. This woman's a Catholic. She's online and she's always talking about her home altar. Take a look at all these things she has there. She has the image of the sacred heart. She has the crucifix. Look at all that there. So basically you can do what she does. You can gather up your devotional items and create a home altar. The image is, look at there. If you can see in the image, she has the sacred heart of Jesus. When you bring the image of the sacred heart of Jesus, you're bringing in the Eucharistic heart into your home. You're bringing in the Eucharistic Jesus into your home. Father, I'm missing the Eucharist. I long for the Eucharist. That's good. That's lovely. But you do have a chance to bring in the Eucharistic Jesus through the image of the sacred heart. Now we're not worshiping the canvas like you would an actual blessed host, but you get the point. Very powerful stuff. All right. Next is you can do a uh, create a do-it-yourself retreat. We got a couple of good ones. Next slide. Let's look at uh, the famous Father Mike Gately's 33 Days to Morning Glory, a do-it-yourself retreat of Marian consecration. Now the big movement right now in the year of uh, St. Joseph is Father Don Calloway, my other brother, his consecration to St. Joseph. So you can go and do these retreats at home whenever you wish. With uh, Join with Father Mike Gately or Father Don Calloway. All right, now the last one is be charitable. Got to support our church and we got to support our neighbors. The more you give, the more you receive. And we can do that from home too. That's one of the biggest things we could do. Now, all right, those are some practical tools, but I'm going to continue to teach more now on what Jesus said. Now, Jesus said the works of mercy... This is in, in the diary of Faustina, number 742. He said they are critical. And what did he say the works of mercy are? Word, deed, and prayer. Now you can for sure do two of those three, word and prayer. You can say nice things about people even if you're quarantined. You can pray for people, especially pray for people if you're quarantined. Deeds might be a little harder if you're confined, but you know what? You can at least get two of the three and maybe even some deeds if you do some things for others in a way from home, like sending them a nice email or, or sending them you know, something that they need uh, to their home. You can do it. Now, let's look at our next slide. This is the words that came from the diary 31317. Let's read this. Jesus said, many souls are often worried because they not, do not have the material means with which to carry out a corporal act of mercy. Yeah, I hear that from a lot of people. Father, I can't leave my house. I can't do these works of mercy. Well, let's read what Jesus says. You might not be able to feed the sick or visit the imprisoned, but remember, there's more than just the corporal works of mercy. There's the spiritual works of mercy. Here's what Jesus says. Yet spiritual mercy, which requires neither permissions nor storehouses, is much more meritorious, which means valuable, 
and is within the grasp of every soul. That means, guys, you can do this from home. The spiritual acts of mercy, like praying. If a soul doesn't exercise mercy, somehow it will not obtain mercy on the day of judgment. All right, so very important. So spiritual mercy, like praying for others, um, having masses said for others, this is powerful. And this is one of the ways to answer the evils of the pandemic. Wow. All right, it can be offered by you for anyone from anywhere, anytime. You don't have to risk catching the virus, but bring divine power and love into other people's lives, your own. All right, these days there's plenty of people and things to pray for. Our government and, you know, protecting the unborn that we just celebrated the anniversary of the overturning of some laws, but now there's other laws that we still haven't overturned to protect Roe v. or like Roe v. Wade. We have to, instead of anniversary acknowledging Roe v. Wade, we should be on that anniversary doing penance and prayer. All right. Now, there are several ways to obtain spiritual mercy for ourselves and others, those in need. Here's what we're going to go through with you. I'm going to give you some ways to do spiritual mercy. All right, Father, you say spiritual mercy. How do I do it? All right. First one, live the Marian charism with us. This is a slide of our Marian seal. And so you can see the Marians of the Immaculate Conception for Christ and the church. Do you realize <clears throat> that when you live the Marian charism with us as a Marian helper, you share in all the spiritual benefits that we merit through our prayers, masses, rosaries, because you're united with us. When you're a Marian helper, you're united with us. Now, why the Marians? Well, I tell you, I'm not aware of very many other communities that have been through so much in our short history. 350 years of trial, tribulation, epidemics, pandemics, wars. The Marians have been through it all. So if you want to know what community to join with to get through a tough time like this, <laughs> look no further than the Marian fathers. What do I mean? Well, all right. Throughout the life of our founder, St. Stanislaus Papchinsky, who lived from 1631 to 1701, he founded us. His homeland, Poland, was scourged by wars and plagues and had repeated epidemics. And he was burdened with unimaginable trials, not only him, but the nation. And these trials were used by God to form our community not as a bunch of lackadaisical, comfort-seeking people, but battle-hardened veterans that know what it's like to get through a war. Not just maybe a physical war, but a spiritual war. He is now the patron saint of those in mortal danger. What better saint to pray to in the time of a pandemic? We got hundreds of thousands, millions of people whose lives are at risk or, or have already died, and he's the answer. Later, we'll, um, we'll talk about, and I, I won't be able to do on this talk, but I'm going to hopefully talk about our renovation in the future, but we were down to one member. Our congregation was so persecuted, and, and in the early 20th century, we fell down to one member. We were renewed. If you didn't hear, I did a homily on Blessed George a couple days ago. Now, the congregation of Marian fathers faced trials 
in the 20th century like crazy. Now, others did too, but we had a special part in this because not only is it the Great Depression, but World War II, every night we read from our album of the dead and it seems like there's another Miriam priest that was in prison in either a Nazi work camp or a, a Siberian work camp. Um, man, we went through it. The Cold War, Soviet control affected Europe and especially Poland and Lithuania. That's where we're from, Poland and Lithuania. And the turmoil of the church follow, following Vatican II, um, we are pontifical right, which means we are um, right under the papacy. And that has caused some confusion, you know, after Vatican II. So we've been through it. You want to help the grace to get through it? Stick with us. Stick with the Marians. Then, not only that, but following um, uh, after, after uh, uh, our renovation, there was a ban on divine mercy. This was everything we put our trust in. God, we're going to be dedicated to divine mercy. But you banned it? Yes. And, and, and it was a faulty translation, but then finally the ban was lifted in 1978 because it was a faulty translation. But this showed who we are. We Marians, bearing the first community to ever bear the title, the Immaculate Conception, and the community that brought divine mercy to the world, shows you why God renovated us and why God has you here with us. The two biggest spiritual weapons of our time are Mary and divine mercy. You want everything to fight this battle to get through a pandemic? It's Mary and divine mercy. And where do you find that? Look again, right to the Marian fathers. We'll bring you the scripture. We'll bring you the sacraments. We'll bring you the mass. And we'll get you through it until this pandemic is over. And so this is powerful. The fact that we exist today is proof of Mary and divine mercy. God's sovereignty that he saw us through this mess. And he's going to get us through it again. We have hope. The purpose and this, that, that God, um, his purposes, I guess you should say, are going to win out in the end over every kind of evil. God's will be done. This is what we're talking about. So in our 350th year, we Marians have seen it all. And we are recommitting to this mission of Mary and divine mercy. And we want you to join us. It's the only way through this mess. The first Fridays and first Saturdays are about the sacred heart of Jesus. And guess what? The immaculate heart of Mary. That's coming up this Friday and Saturday. Join us. This is the only way out of this mess. It is knowing that Jesus and Mary will see us through all these storms. We make reparation to the sacred heart and immaculate heart. And we're on our way surviving this mess. All right. What's another way? All right. Not only align yourself with the Marians, let's look at our next slide. We have a choice for virtue or vice. And as Catholics, we must be called to a life of virtue, both in good times and in bad. So I'm going to give you some practical advice here. Father, what do you mean? All right. I'm going to give you some practical advice. Very simple. Live the virtues. What are the virtues, Father? There's a lot of them but we'll focus on the four cardinal virtues and the three theological virtues. What are the cardinal virtues? I'll walk through them one by one, but temperance, prudence, justice, and fortitude. And what are the greatest, or what are the theological virtues? Faith, hope, and the greatest of these is love. All right, now, 
Let's talk about this. Let's go to the cardinal virtues. You got to have these because these are virtues on the natural level so that they will help you form virtues on the supernatural level. So what do I mean? Justice, prudence, fortitude, and temperance are how we live amongst each other in a worldly sense. But when we do that, God is ready to give us, and he does it at our baptism, but perfect in us the virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Those are supernatural virtues. Why do we need these? All right, prudence. This is easy. Just think before you speak. This is the biggest thing that gets me in trouble. I don't always think before I speak. We got to use reason. Don't simply react. Don't react to everything you hear about the pandemic or every story that comes out. Think it through. Speak before thinking. This is a passionate issue. Father, is it right or wrong? Do I take the vaccine, not take the vaccine? We have an article on the vaccine. I'm going to be doing a video on that in the future. Just let's be prudent. Let's not jump on everything. Let's think about it. Let's think, use reason to react responsibly. All right, temperance. Temperance kind of builds from that. Temperance is moderation. Don't panic. And again, don't believe everything we hear. I get emails all the time. Another story. You know, I just got one a few weeks ago that says the United States has declared war on China. I mean, if I'm going to panic on everything, I would have been running to the food seller. You know, I, I mean, we, we, we have to think these things through. We have to have temperance. Don't panic and believe everything we hear. Um, also, to be, you know, don't panic and hoard things. Like, there was videos out there of people going into Walmart and buying every toilet paper on the shelf. That should not be allowed because now you're not thinking about others. You have to have temperance, moderation. Don't clean out the store of all the toilet paper. Leave some for others. All right, justice. What is justice? Learn your obligations to yourself, your family, and your neighbors. What am I obligated to do during this time? And I'm going to talk about this more in a minute. Fortitude, the last of the cardinal virtues. What is that? Just be courageous. All right? You can't get the virus from the Eucharist. I struggle with my own mom on this. My mom, for years before the virus, wouldn't take the precious blood because she was convinced that she would catch hepatitis A from, from the precious blood that somebody else sipped from and she'd die. You can't get a virus from the Eucharist. It's impossible. God can't coexist. It's this body and blood. He can't coexist with sickness. Now, that doesn't mean don't be prudent. Please don't write your bishop and say, Father Chris said that I can never get the virus so I can take my mask off. I'm not saying that. Just be, have some courage. Don't give up. All right, now, those are the cardinal virtues that help us live on a natural realm with our brothers and neighbors. But when we do that, we grow in the supernatural virtues that we were given at baptism called faith, hope, and love. Faith. Now, we have to remember, our strength is not just natural. We have supernatural strength given to us. Jesus and Mary. The graces that I've been talking about through prayer and the sacraments or an act of contrition and, and spiritual communion. All right, faith is very important. Faith is a living trust. It's a living trust, all right? What about hope? Because we have faith, 
We have hope that many of our neighbors probably don't have. So if you see your neighbor, you might have to realize God gave you a little bit more faith and therefore a little bit more hope. Don't forget about them. They might be despairing. You can at least pray for them. Be a good example. You know, a lot of people right now are down. But with our hope, we can help rise them up. You know, it's kind of like realizing that, you know, evil right now is having its hour. Okay. But the Lord will have his day. We might be losing a few battles right now, but God wins the war. Our job is to minimize the casualties. All right, then finally, the last of the virtues, the highest, love. Everything we do should have God and our neighbor in mind. Love God, the first commandment. Second commandment, like it, is love our neighbor, especially the sick. So those around you, love them. Love those with, with, that don't maybe have the same faith or hope you do. Share it. Be a good example. You were blessed with it. You don't have to force them on it or force it on them, but you can live it and they see it. Those losing faith and hope because of this epidemic are ones that want to be picked up by you. Now, we can do this. We have to pray because there's a lot going on right now. People are dying. Suicides are up. And these poor people who are going to the hospitals, you know, I have a suicide ministry. And the people who are going to the hospitals and the mental health clinics uh, or the clinics to get treated or to be able to be, um, get help for their depression and their, uh, not only depression, but also their, um, you know, struggles, they're given a lot of times no help. Because they are told, sorry, you can't come in because of the virus. And so a lot of these people are mentally despairing and end up taking their lives. Wow, we have to come in here with our, our you know, um, uh, spiritual works of mercy. Pray for these people, even if you don't know them. So we are merciful to others by being virtuous. When we grow in virtue... We're helping others. We can generate grace for them through prayer and especially those who are near death. Man, this is important. All right, let's keep going because Faustina was an example of this. Now, let's, let me read you some words that Jesus told St. Faustina. Here's what Faustina said. I don't have a slide on it, but I'm just going to read it to you. Jesus said, my daughter, help me to save a certain dying sinner. Right now, we know a lot of them because of Corona. Say the chaplet I have taught you for him. She said, when I began to say the chaplet, St. Faustina said, I saw the man dying in the midst of terrible torment and struggle. Listen to this. His guardian angel was defending him. Can you imagine the battle going on right now for this guy's soul? The war? And she said his guardian angel was defending him, but he was, as it were, powerless against the enormity of that soul's misery. That's why it's important we have hope not to be like this soul that's in misery. The soul was in such danger. Jesus called Faustina in to, to be able to assist this soul. She said, a multitude of devils 
and demons was waiting for his soul. Oh my gosh, this doesn't send a shiver down your spine. A multitude of demons are swarming around ready to snatch this guy's soul. And Jesus says, Faustina in, like you guys, because this soul didn't have the hope or the faith. She did. And Faustina says, and why I was saying the chaplet. So she, Jesus used her. She starts praying the chaplet. Then that opened the gates to mercy. And then Jesus says, I saw Jesus, or uh, Faustina said, I saw Jesus just as he is depicted in the image. The rays which issued from Jesus' heart. This is the red and the white. Uh, Brother Mark hopefully can show the image over my left shoulder. You can see the image of divine mercy. The rays of the red and the white. Now, she said, the rays which issued from Jesus' heart enveloped the sick man, and the powers of darkness fled in panic. This is the power of the chaplet. The sick man peacefully breathed his last. Whoa. I understood how very important the chaplet was for the dying. It appeases the anger of God. That is diary number 1565. Wow. Now, our prayers are vital for the salvation of souls in their last moments. Right now, there are many souls in jeopardy. People are dying. We can do this, even if you don't know the soul. This is what's going to bring grace to them and you. You want to know how to get grace in a pandemic? So, especially now, when we have limited access to the sacraments, many places around the world, people are dying without the sacraments. This is going to mean our prayers are even that much more important. People who are dying can't get certain sacraments and, 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 and they maybe can't get to confession or anointing. But our prayers and our hope can help them. Our model for responding to this pandemic should be as the Christians did before us. They faced all kinds of pandemics and tragedies and they gave outstanding witnesses of love and charity, the highest virtue. So, for instance, the plague in Europe. Remember the plague in Europe? That's really what saved Europe. How ironic is that? Father, you're telling me the plague saved Europe? Yeah, because millions of people saw how the Catholic priests and nuns treated the sick without fear. And when they saw that, they said, you know what, after I get better, I want to be that. I want some of that. What is it that they have? It's their faith. And so this is what God gives us in our faith. We went through world wars. God can bring a greater good. Remember, Satan has three tools um, you know, well, sin and death are really the two tools, but of that, pride, fear, and confusion. And right now, he's using the big-time tool of fear. But John Paul II, his first words after being elected pope, be not afraid. What does the Bible say? 365 times, one for every day of the year, be not afraid. Let us turn with trust to mercy. Mercy, uh, trusting God's mercy is a living faith. Now, this doesn't mean don't be smart, don't be prudent, don't socially justice. I'm not or, uh, uh, um, socially, okay, I can't even think of the word right. Distance, not justice. It doesn't mean I'm telling you not to do that. Of course we need to do that. But we have to have trust in God. All right, now let's go to the next one. Our next slide is plenary indulgences. These are fascinating do you know right now that the church is offering us tons of plenary indulgences because of the pandemic? Listen to this. Anyone right now per the church 
who recites the Divine Mercy Chaplet with the intention. Now listen up here because next time you pray the chaplet, you might want to have this intention. To implore from God an end to the epidemic or the pandemic. So next time you pray your chaplet, you say, Lord, I have the intention of offering this to end the pandemic. That or relief for those who are sick. Lord, please, I offer this chaplet for those who are sick with coronavirus. Or for the salvation of those who already have died from the pandemic, you can get a plenary indulgence. Really, Father? Yeah. If you pray the chaplet with the intent, Lord, end the pandemic. Or, Lord, I'm praying for relief for those who have the coronavirus. Or, Lord, I'm praying for the salvation of those who have already died from it. You can get a plenary indulgence. This is powerful. Now, listen to this. The, um, the faithful suffering, that are, are the, the faithful of our church, our laity, that are going through suffering from the coronavirus and subject to quarantine by order of, you know, your doctor or your health official, if you're in a hospital or stuck in your own home, can also, if you have that spirit of detachment from sin, which is a requirement for the plenary indulgence, you too can gain a plenary indulgence. Just the very fact that you are quarantined in your home or hospital, if you unite, listen to this. Let's show Brother Mark our next slide. Actually, I'm sorry, I forgot the slide that just says plenary indulgences. So basically, I wanted Mark to show that slide that just says plenary indulgences. But listen to the next slide. Listen to this. If you are quarantined, you can get a plenary indulgence if you, quote, unite spiritually through the media. You can get a plenary indulgence if you unite spiritually through the media to, one, the celebration of Holy Mass. Okay? We offer the Holy Mass. Two, the recitation of the rosary. Huh, at five o'clock, we offer you the recitation of the rosary through media. Three, the pious practice of the way of the cross or other forms of devotion, such as the chaplet. Ladies and gentlemen, we offer you all three of those. Stay with the Marians. If you watch the live stream, if you've been quarantined, the church says, and you watch the live stream mass, you can get a plenary indulgence. If you've been quarantined and you watch the rosary, you can get a plenary indulgence. If you've been quarantined and you watch the chaplet, you can get a plenary indulgence. This is amazing. You can get all three of those right here every day with the Marian fathers. Now, another plenary indulgence is for healthcare workers and family members who are exposed. You too, because you're risking out of love to care for somebody. And this is very powerful. All right. But Father, my mom is in the hospital and the priest won't come to anoint her. This is a problem. Priests aren't able to come sometimes. All right? Well, there's also an answer to the church, from the church. The church, quote, listen to this. The church prays for those who find themselves unable to receive the sacrament of the anointing of the sick and viaticum, final communion, entrusting each and every one to the divine mercy by virtue of communion of saints and the granting to the faithful of the plenary indulgence at the point of death. 
This means this. Father, my mom can't get anointing of the sick. The priest wouldn't come. I'm afraid she's not going to be forgiven of all sins and punishment. Actually, look at our next slide. A plenary indulgence is available to these people that can't get a priest. That means complete forgiveness of sins and all punishment if they do this. One, they are disposed, properly disposed, meaning you know, they want God. They're not Satan worshipers. Most do want God. Two, have they have recited a few prayers during their lifetime. Because in this case, the church makes up for the three other usual conditions that are required. So if your mom is sick in the hospital, she ever prayed? Well, yeah, Father. Okay. That's the next part. And finally, for the attainment of this indulgence that the, uh, the use of a crucifix or a cross is recommended, not required. So basically, if your parent is dying and they can't get the sacrament, if they are just open their heart to God, call them on the phone, say, Mom, are you just opening your heart to God? Just be open to God, yes. And if you said any prayers, Mom, Dad, have you said any prayers? Well, even if they're unconscious, but you know they prayed back in the day, that's enough. This is incredible amount of grace that's given right now. All right? The next thing you can do spiritually, works of mercy, is look at our next slide. Divine mercy devotion. You guys all know this. Jesus made these extraordinary promises to all those who spread the message of divine mercy. And I'm sorry I'm running out of time. I got to go through these pretty quick. All right. Now, here's what I want to show you. Let's look at our first slide. Souls who spread the honor of my mercy, I shield through their entire lives as a tender mother, her infant. And at the hour of death, I will not be a judge for them, but the merciful Savior. This means just live mercy. At that last hour, a soul has nothing which will defend itself except my mercy. In other words, this is all we got. Don't let it pass by. Happy is the soul that during its lifetime immersed itself in the fountain of mercy because justice will have no hold over it. Diary 1075, the very fact you're with us means you're turning to God's mercy. The very fact that you hear means you are part of God's mercy machine and that you are giving this grace for your soul and others. One way to do this is to offer your prayers and devotions, not only for yourself, but others at the three o'clock hour. Jesus said at three o'clock, he grants many prayers. We here pray at three o'clock, the, the, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Join us. Now, this chaplet is powerful. Let's look at our next slide. How powerful is the chaplet? Jesus said, at the hour of the death, basically St. Faustine is saying, um, pray the chaplet for those who are dying. And he says, at the hour of their death, I defend as my own glory every soul that will say this chaplet. Are you kidding me? Or when others say it for a dying person, the pardon is the same. Father, my husband, he's unconscious and he really wasn't doing good in his life. You can pray this chaplet for him. Jesus says when you pray it for the dying person, the pardon is the same. Amazing. Amazing. 
When this chaplet is said by the bedside of a dying person, God's anger is placated. Unfathomable mercy envelops a soul, and the very depths of my tender mercy are moved for the sake of the sorrowful passion of my son. This is one of the few times in the diary God the Father speaks. Incredible. And Jesus adds that. Jesus says, when they say this chaplet in the presence of the dying, I will stand between my father and the dying person. Not as the just judge, but as the merciful savior. That is from diary 1541. What I just read, diary 1541. All right, how powerful is this chaplet? Let's keep going. Priests will recommend it to sinners as their last hope of salvation, even if there were a sinner most hardened. This is the, one of the passages that changed my life. If he were to recite this chaplet only once, he would see, receive grace from my infinite mercy. Diary 687. The key here is if you can do nothing else, Father, I can't do all that. I'm sick. I'm not feeling well. If you do nothing else, just pray, Jesus, I trust in you. Now, if you say, Father, you just went through so much. I can't get all that. You know what? Praise be to God. Let me have Mark show the next slide. I have just finished a book, and it's, it covers everything you need to know about divine mercy. Finally, one place, I think, where you can go one place and get one explanation of divine mercy. Everything you need to know, how to receive the graces, what prayers to make, what promises Jesus makes, what you need to do for Divine Mercy Sunday. Why would a merciful God allow suffering? I explained the feast and the image and the novena and the chaplet and the hour of mercy. I explain all that. I explain divine mercy, what it is and where we find it in the mass and how we receive it. So please consider getting this book. It's called Understanding Divine Mercy. Again, if Brother Mark can put it up there, you can call 1-800-462-7426 or visit shopmercy.org and you can get this explained. God bless you. All right, next thing. Next powerful tool that God gives us is the veneration of the image. And we can do this at home. Let's look at our next slide. Here's a close-up view of the image of divine mercy. Father, I can't receive the Eucharist right now. Well, as I said, invite the Eucharistic heart of Jesus into your home through the image. Jesus, let's look at our next slide, gives many promises of this image. He says, I promise the soul that will venerate this image will not perish I also promise victory over its enemies already here on earth, especially at the hour of death. I myself will defend it as my own glory. Diary 47 and 48. This is amazing. And I'm sorry I jumped ahead. Yes, no, I'm on track. Okay, that is powerful stuff. So venerate this image. Venerate the image at home, asking for the victory over the coronavirus and approaching our Lord through this image if you can't get to mass or adoration. That is powerful, powerful stuff. All right. Now, enthrone the image in your home. Actually, there's prayers to enthrone it. You can find them on our website. Enthrone the image of divine mercy or the sacred heart. Now, this is powerful stuff. All right. So, 
This is, if you want to do this, let's show our next slide. It's the image again. But on the top, look at that. For a free image, you don't have one. You don't know where to get one. If you don't have a copy, we'll send you a free copy, a beautiful divine mercy image, five by seven. If you want to get it for free, I'm not trying to sell anything here, but for free, go to thedivinemercy.org slash image. And when we welcome his image into our homes, we are inviting the Lord into our lives. It's, it's like having a picture of our best friend. And you know, you can light a votive candle if you can do that safely. All right, now, I know I'm running out of time, but let's, got a few more things to go. All right, one of the things we've got to remember is to do social caring, not just social distancing. All we hear about on the news is social distancing. Let's look at our next slide. Basically, this is, can you believe this is a real advertisement? I mean, where have we lost our humanity? I get it, we gotta be protective. I get it, we gotta follow rules. But to stay away like each other are some kind of demons that I hate you because you might hurt me. This is not the attitude we want. It's very easy to assume that somebody is is out to get me and they don't care about me. No, we want to know this. It's easy for our neighbors and problems to not be our problems, but only ourselves, a self-focus. And Pope Benedict once said, listen, God commands us to pray for our neighbor because our neighbors had to put up with us quite a bit and now they need our help. So pray for them. So show our neighbors we are Christians by our love, not forgetting them. Love our neighbor we can love Jesus, and through Jesus, we love our neighbor. You know, Jesus even says, console my heart. What else can you do at home? Console the heart of Jesus. Part of that 33 days of morning glory Father Mike talked about was a book he wrote after one he said, or he wrote called Consoling the Heart of Jesus. Now, the consoling the heart of Jesus is easiest done from home. What does that mean, Father? Listen. Jesus said, I need you to make reparation to my wounded heart. My heart is dying to pour graces onto the world. And where do the graces of divine mercy come from? The red and the white, the blood and the water, they come from the heart of Jesus. They come from the sacred heart of Jesus. But Jesus says, make reparation to the wounds in my heart. I'm dying to spread mercy all over the world, but my heart's so wounded I can't right now to the fullest extent. God's mercy always is given to the world, but he's saying, make reparation to my heart and I'll pour even more mercy on the world. And this is why it is important that we do the first Friday and first Saturday devotions. Join us this coming Friday and Saturday to do that. We can make reparation to the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary to unleash millions of more times grace around the world. And man, do we need that. All right, so we're closing up here. We are promised by Christ that we will face persecution. All right, we will have to pick up our crosses. There'll be burdens in our life. We may even be poor. We may be sick without friends. Jesus never promised us comfort in this world. He promised us life in a paradise in the next world. So our greatest burdens here are things that want to stop us from getting to that paradise. Remember, your paradise isn't in this world. It's in the next. 
And so we need to focus, yes, it's true, on our daily needs of food, shelter, clothing, work, health care. That's all important. But our greatest focus should be on the burdens that come from within ourselves that are stopping us from getting to that paradise for all eternity. Our greatest burdens are our vices, our sins, our addictions, our wounds, our misery. And Jesus told St. Faustina, and she said, you know, she was communicating with Jesus. And Jesus said, give me everything. This is kind of a cute story. And St. Faustina says, I've already given you everything, Jesus. And he says, no, you haven't. She says, yes, I have. He says, no, you haven't. She says, Jesus, I've given you everything. What haven't I given you? He says, you haven't given me your misery. It's the only thing that's truly your own. <laughs> wow. He said, no, you haven't given me this misery. So inner healing like deliverance prayers for this inner burdens, these miseries, does wonder for us being able to live and handle exterior burdens like challenges in life and those other things. So do this. Now, do I need something more than heaven? No, that's all we need. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. This is all we need. We can be at peace even in the face of a pandemic and sin and suffering because Jesus, Mary, and Joseph are with us now and always. So consecrate yourself to Jesus through Mary and Joseph, to Jesus, the divine mercy, by consecrating yourself to Mary, to Jesus through Mary, or consecrating yourself to Joseph, to Jesus through Joseph. In these difficult times, these devotions that we can practice are more powerful than ever, and you can practice them in your home. When we open ourselves up to God through these devotions, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, if you can't get to the sacraments, acts of contrition, acts of spiritual communion, reading scripture, praying the rosary, doing the chaplet, everything I just told you, they mean now more than, uh, they mean more now than ever. So Jesus invites us as part of this mission. If we say no, that role and the graces will be given to someone else. Jesus said this in the diary 367. If we live in an age of incredible technology, which we do, take advantage of it. Don't let physical distance keep you from meaning that you can't have a relationship with someone. You can. We are all members of the body of Christ. We're never truly alone. You know, I saw an article that says, you know what we need to think about? It says, is God allowing all this isolation because he's giving us what we want? I said, huh? And I'm reading the article and it makes the point that up until the coronavirus, we've been really leading a life of isolation. And it occurred to me that when I used to fly a lot, even before the coronavirus, I would look at the people waiting to get on an airplane and it'd be 200 people, 197 of them would be buried in their cell phone. No communication, even people sitting next to each other. I remember eating dinner in the airport and I was at the table next to a husband and wife because, um, you know, I mean, she had a wedding ring and he did, so I assume they were wedding uh, husband and wife. They never said a word the entire meeting, the meal. He was reading uh, his cell phone and she was reading hers. No communication whatsoever. 
We've isolated ourselves. And so I read this article that says, is God maybe allowing us what we've already wanted? Well, hopefully we'll be waking up and saying, no, Lord, we want communion in the body of Christ, but we're going to make do with best what we can and what you give us in the meantime. This is everything I've walked through today. All right, now, one last thing I can't beat without. Turn to Our Lady, the Immaculate Conception. Let's look at the next slide. Isn't that a beautiful picture of Mary? I love that picture of Mary. I mean, that is the most beautiful picture, right? So turn to Our Lady, the Immaculate Conception, as we Marians say, our health and our protection. That's what we always say. Mary is the queen of heaven and earth to whom God entrusted everything, including her own son, his own son. Do you realize Mary's the patroness of the United States and the patroness of life? Those are two big things that need prayer right now, our nation and the preservation of, of life in the womb. Now, I don't have time right now because I'm running out of time, but there were two devotions. Let me just show them for two seconds. The first one, you want a powerful devotion, pray Our Lady, Undoer of Knots. Pope Francis even talks about this one. I don't have time to explain it. And the next one is Our Lady of Good Success. You might recognize this picture. And this was an apparition where a, a nun from Ecuador in the 1600s talked about all the spiritual mess we were going to get into in the 20th century. And it's all come true. So I don't have time to explain it. But what I do have time to explain is we can use this suffering by offering it up to God. I suffered two weeks with coronavirus really bad. Offer up that suffering, if you're like me, that you were sick, to God. This can actually be a time of blessing, like being able to spend time with your family now. Well, Father, we're ready to kill each other. No, see, it is a blessing. Suffering can make us more like the crucified Christ. Father, I hate suffering. I know, so do I. But read what St. Faustina says about it. St. Faustina tells us, oh, if only the suffering soul knew how it is loved by God, it would die of joy and excess of happiness. Oh, wow. Someday we will know the value of suffering, but then we will no longer be able to suffer. The present moment is ours. Diary 963. Basically, this is what Jesus is telling us, that we have an opportunity, or Faustina, that we have an opportunity to make the most of what the situation is. Remember, God is in charge, not us. And so the final thing that I wanted to talk to you about, a big way you can bring grace to yourself and your loved ones, let's look at our last slide, is an enrollment in the Association of Marian Helpers. This is awesome. And you can visit micprayers.org. It takes but 10 seconds. There's no cost. It's very quick. Basically, we need help. And we need help. And our brethren, we need help. And we need to help our brothers and sisters. And as much as possible. And that helps us. This spiritual benefit society called the Association of Marian Helpers is the best way to do it. All right. Now, why? How does it work? All right. Basically, when you become a Marian Helper, Again, Father, I can't go to, to Africa and do missions. That's okay. God may be calling you to be a suffering servant in your home. Father, I'm too busy. I work seven days a week, 15-hour days. Okay. God maybe is not calling you to do a ton of prayers. 
But maybe when you get in the shower each morning or before you go to bed at night, you can say a little prayer for all these members of the Association of Marian Helper because they're praying for you. When you're a member of the Marian Helpers, there's strength in numbers. You pray for us, we pray for you. It's called an enrollment in a spiritual benefit society because people can share in the graces, the prayers, and the good works of the Marians of the Immaculate Conception, just like you were a Marian priest or brother. Listen to some of these benefits. God bless you. There's two quick slides. Here are the benefits of enrollment. I've never talked about these fully. I've just invited you to enroll. But let, people say, well, Father, what does it mean to be a member? What do I get? What is my benefit? Here it is. One, daily holy mass is celebrated for you. You can't get any more grace than that. Incredible. Holy mass next is offered for members on the first Friday and first Saturday. Join us. We're going to live stream. That's powerful. Next, Holy Mass offered for deceased members, especially on All Souls Day. All Souls Day is very powerful, and we pray for your deceased loved ones. Now, next slide. A special Mass offered on feast days of our Savior and our Blessed Mother, like the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Next, the continuous novena to the Divine Mercy is prayed here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy, and you share in those graces. Wow. Next, daily prayers. All right, this is powerful. Are offered by workers right at the Association of Marian Helpers. They pray for you daily. And my favorite... Number seven, Father Chris, or Father Joseph, that's the title of the director, prays for you. I pray for our Marian helpers. God bless you. We want you to be part of that. So you can enroll yourself, your family, your friends, even your deceased loved ones. Powerful. You can arrange to have a card sent to the people to announce it. Or if, if they're Protestant or, or you're not getting along with them, but you want to make amends through God, you can do it where we don't have to send a card so they don't even know. This is powerful. There are a lot of people who are in need right now, including ourselves. And this is a very powerful way to give grace for yourself and others. When many of us can't physically attend Mass, you still share in the graces of our Mass. Because our Masses aren't stopping. Not to throw me in jail before I stop the Masses here. So help us fight against this pandemic. Enroll yourself. Enroll others. God bless you. This is the greatest way to grace so two last places up. I just want to remind you again. The, sh the first one, please sign up. Be a Marian helper. Let us spread this message of mercy around the world. Let us pray for each other. There's more power in that. Go to micprayers.org. Be one. Join us. We pray for you. You pray for us again. No cost. Just 10 seconds to sign up. God bless you. And finally, last slide again. If you want to get all of this divine mercy in an easy place, please visit us at shopmercy.org. And you can get this book, just came out, or call 1-800-462-7426. I spent a lot of time writing this book, and I wanted to make sure I got it right for you guys. You guys were the inspiration. You guys are the ones that get me up every day to want to do this. If I wasn't getting any, any, any feedback from you guys, I wouldn't think we were reaching anybody. But God bless you all. You are giving us feedback that we're, we're feeding the sheep. 
Yeah, I know. There's got to be some things I still work on yet. But God bless you for being open to the truth and God's message of mercy. And so till next week, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, and God bless you. Why be a Marian helper? Because we Marian fathers celebrate a mass for you and all our members each and every day. You can share in all the prayers, good works, and merits of all the Marian priests and brothers around the world. And now you can share the graces just as if you were a Marian priest or brother. Every All Souls Day, we see a mass for all the deceased members of the Association of Marian Helpers. Again, there's no way that after we die, we can help ourselves, but we have to rely on the prayers of those here on earth. And we members of the Marian Fathers will be praying for you as a deceased member of our association. You can share in the graces of the perpetual novena to the divine mercy. Remember Jesus told St. Faustina that the chaplet of divine mercy is one of the most powerful prayers we can make. And every day here at the shrine of divine mercy, we pray it and you can share in those graces. So if you have any questions or you wanna learn more how to be a Marian helper, please visit micprayers.com or call 1-800-462-7426 and let me personally pray for you and your loved ones. Thank you and may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.